everyone. Welcome to Too Legit to QT, where you can get it done with Tish and become the best version of yourself with me, Koya. Today, <laughs> I'm not dealing with her. Today, we are so excited to talk to some of Hollywood's finest producer, actor, writer, CEO of Silver Sail Entertainment and Mammoth Film Festival founder, Tanner Beard and actor, Lou Taylor Pucci. Welcome to the show. Yes, yes, I love how you're entertaining us. <laughs> you're like going along with our like high female. It's the Lou Taylor Pucci show, starring Lou Taylor <laughs> I love it. Thank you for amusing us um, and, and for going along with our, our foolishness because yeah. we like to be <laughs> Yeah. But sometimes people don't want to play. But today you clearly came yeah. to play. So. <laughs> uh, no matter how much Tanner looks like a, a real man, he's a child. He is from Texas. You know, they do things right in Texas. So he's like, I'm here. I'm a yes, producer. I'm, I'm serious. And he, But we love it. We love it. Well, First off, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> First off, guys, congratulations for the 10th anniversary of the Mammoth Film Festival, Tanner, mm -hmm. and the 10th, 10th anniversary of The Legend of Hell's Gate, an American conspiracy. Congratulations for creating that Western, um, this Film festival, we see it in your background, Tanner. Oh, yeah. No product placement in this shot. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys tell us a little bit about what inspired your career in entertainment? Oh wow, that's a that's a hefty question. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, for me, I was inspired by watching TV when I was a kid. I thought it was terrible. Everybody's terrible. They were just bad actors. I, but it wasn't that. It's just that I didn't understand television at that time. Television at that time that was was very, you know, over the top and ridiculous, like Charles in charge and stuff like that. You know, that's what I was watching. And so I thought it was bad. And I was like, I, I think I can do better than that. I can do better than that. I'm definitely, I don't believe these people, but I could, I could do better than that. I'm a better pretender than they are. <laughs> so, I started pretending. I started going to community theater and doing community theater. And then I ended up on Broadway doing Broadway as the Von Trapp kid in The Sound of Music. I was one of the one of the children. And uh, and then it moved on to independent film. And, and that's part of why we did this film together was at the end of my independent film career, sort of, because independent film turned into television, turned into what's now, you know, more streaming things. And, uh, and so we all had to make that transition. And, and this was one of the last independent films I got to do, Legend of Hell's Gate, before that transition happened. Mm. Mm. Wow. Before the, the world digitally changed, huh? Um, <laughs> well, uh, man, what, what do you say? I guess uh, it, when I was a kid, I saw a movie called Willow, which was from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and I, think I saw just, you know, uh, Bob character, Mad Mardigan as a swordsman, as a kid. And I didn't care what I wanted to be in life. I just wanted to be Mad Martigan. <laughs> uh, which in turn, I think, led me into just, you know, uh, playing silly characters and whatnot. And just grabbed up my family's home video camera on VHS and just started making little movies in the backyard with action figures or anybody you could grab. And uh, I don't think that idea really ever has ceased to exist for me. Just the budgets have gotten bigger. We're not using a VHS camera anymore. So... Still, still in that mindset, anyway. But um, yeah, you know, high school and getting into theater, and blah blah blah. The rest is history. But um, 
But yeah, it all it all starts when you're very early. Mm. So so how did you two meet? We met for for this film. I remember getting this script, which I found. Yeah, I can't wait to have that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even have one. Highlighted stuff in it's here. I got notes. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I, I got the script in the mail uh, as like a normal, you know, do you want to be a part of this type, you know, audition thing? And uh, it also came with a film because Tanner uh, decided, I guess around that time, he can explain it better to, to make the first five, ten minutes of the film himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a great thing to send along with the script because then you could see what these guys were really up to and what they wanted to make. And it looked fun. It looked really fun. Yeah, we did. We did the old fashioned uh, make a short, hopefully get attention from that and turn it into a feature. Uh, that, that used to be almost, you know, now it's like you see it more and more, but that was kind of a new idea back then. It's like, let's make a small version and show people, kind of like a proof of concept, which uh, yeah. later is, is almost now you got to have as a default. So. A lot, of, a lot of groundbreaking things 10 years ago. <laughs> the sizzle reel. Yeah, like a, like yeah, a sizzle, sizzle reel. Yeah, yeah. But this yeah. was like, you know, uh, I, it was a short film for sure, but it was kind of an epic short because the thing was about 30 minutes. It's like mm-hmm. it needed a showcase, like how is this 24-year-old kid going to be able to pull this off? So it was, a, it was a beast. But, yeah, I guess that really helped. Yeah, it sure did. Got me on there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I heard you say in an interview that the the unique thing about this Western is that you you did it like an old school actual Western. And that's what made it so unique because people were, I think you used the reference like Django, think people were were filming Westerns that they didn't replicate the Westerns back in the day. And so you really wanted to bring that authenticity um, to creating legends of uh Legends of Hell, Hell's Gate. Hell's Gate, yeah. Uh, well, we we filmed on old school Panavision lenses, lenses, excuse me, from the sixties and seventies. So these lenses had shot lenses that we had used before. So uh, to bring that element to it was like, wow, this is something. Really, sorry, my phone's ringing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, um, but yeah, we shot on. Uh, our, we were the first camera uh, ever, or excuse me, the first uh, Western ever shot with the red camera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to even believe now because the cameras, you know, obviously made its way in the world today. But uh, with the, you know, the, using the Panavision lenses, it was just something that nobody had ever seen before. So that was kind of cool. We were a, very much a, a guinea pig for for that element. Were they like anamorphics? Absolutely, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. There's like there was a lens on set I remember that was like two hundred something thousand dollars, and I was just like, Ooh. nobody can touch this lens. <laughs> Everybody's doing that now, though, Tanner. Everyone uses anamorphics now. So you're a pioneer. <laughs> That's right. My publicist told you to say, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't. You are. You're a pioneer, <laughs> Trailblazer. <laughs> well, let's talk about that because you created the Mammoth Film Festival. What inspired you to just, I know that you had a lot of experience on the festival circuit. What inspired you to just create, say, listen, I'm just going to create my own? Uh, well, I'm sure Lou can speak on this too. Just you know, having done so many indie films and, and probably loving that world just as much as I do, it's a lot different from some of the other studio stuff. Uh, but I've been a festival rat, you know, my entire career. Uh, I've had the luxury of competing in eight of the top ten in the world, mm-hmm. and to, to participate in those, and I just uh, fell in love with uh, Mammoth Lakes, California, and um, wanted to, you know kind of bring the the last decade of my life to to a festival and, and hopefully, in, you know, 
pass the baton on to how much it impacted my life onto others by showcasing their projects and, and cherry picking everything I liked from every festival I loved and putting it into one, which is Mammoth Film Festival. How Hopefully, many, we're, how we're many still, submissions do you get per, per year? Like, how do you, how does that work? I'm August. I'm August. I'm sitting in front of my computer having my own film festival of the submissions, but you know, hundreds and hundreds for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. That's crazy. Especially during the, did you see a difference during the pandemic? Yeah, there was a lack thereof, you know, sadly, mm -hmm. you know, but we opened it back up to uh, everything from 2019 on into 2021 mm -hmm. for the 22 festival, because obviously we weren't able to have it in February this year. So we're coming into uh, our official fourth year coming up. Cool. Mm. So I, I'm taking it, Lou, you're a judge. <laughs> but probably on my way to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll talk after this, Lou. I would I would do that. That sounds really fun. It'd be fun. And hey, you get put up in a hotel. Can't beat that. Oh, dude, I'm down. Wait, you just, yes. Oh, wait, you mean get out? Get out of my we're, house? We're, 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 you guys are dropping the scoop right here. <laughs> yeah, we said it first. We said it first. We said it first. <laughs> No, yeah, I've been. I had been to a billion, you know, film festivals. My whole career was was run through film festivals, Sundance and Berlin and Toronto and all the things. So I definitely know where he gets the allure to create one of his own and be like, yeah, let's let's get more indies out there. Um, there are just probably so many people making films even nowadays, especially having your own cameras. Like cameras have gotten so good, you can make films on iPhones now. So it's pretty nuts. Yeah, very true. My iPhone has like three cameras. It's like it's so crazy to see where we have come in in just ten years. Because if you think about ten years, like Lou and I, feels like I saw him yesterday, ten years ago, just by yeah. seeing him now. You know, we picked up right where we kind of left off. But you think about that time span in there and where the technology is. You know, we shot on four K, but computers weren't even allowed to handle four K. So the movie was actually in. 2k but we shot with 4k capabilities even then nothing could compute it it was like too much now it's like 4k's on your phone and your hand yeah. uh wild you think wild very cool very cool um you know i know that you said um in a previous interview tanner that whatever line of work you're in um and i know for you lou you both have clearly you're easy to work with your network game is just impeccable. I see that you're associated with all of these film festivals, associated with all of these people, established people in Hollywood, and you yourself are established. Um, and you said whatever line of work you you're whatever line of work you're in, you want to work with and surround yourself with the best people in that industry. How have you both been able to surround yourself with the best of the best in Hollywood? Well, I surrounded myself with Lou Taylor Pucci uh, for my first time. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he started right here and just went along from there. Uh, you were the I, standard I then, Lou. You were the yeah. standard. He had yeah. asked the best of the best. <laughs> I, uh, I started with a pretty insane group too. I started with a movie called Personal Velocity that was made, uh, by really awesome independent film people like Parker Posey, Feruza Balk, Kira Sedgwick, and uh, and then went the next thing I did was this movie called Thumbsucker, an independent film with Keanu Reeves and Vincent D'Onofrio and Tilda Swinton and all these huge actors. So I was just working with everybody right from the get-go. All these independent films I was doing when I was a kid were ensembles. So they just had tons of tons of different actors in them. And I got to meet everybody at these, you know, really cool times <laughs> it was just a, a very different time then you know independent film was being made for 
you know, a, a, a different budget than it is now. I feel like, you know, like there, we've, we've lost somewhere in the middle there. Now we only have like the, the, the lower version, you know, like the $250,000 budget. And then we have like the $16 million budget. But what we were doing then were the, like the $4 million budget, something like that, where you had a better production quality and everything. I don't know. It's also gotten so much easier to make films that I guess the budgets had, are able to go down, but you're still not, then you're not being able to pay many people. And so you're working with a very different, very different group who's all doing it for free. <laughs> What's funny is there's still like no handbook on it. You know, no. what I mean? every project's still so I've never even had the luxury of doing around 30 films. Not one of them is even remotely it's the same to the other. You it's know. true, right. but people have started investing differently since you know we were making films. In the last ten years, they 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 just don't do that. Those little those ones that are around four million or two million or something like that. It's kind yeah. of gone to the either the very extremes of the two, and so we were at the last point where that could be done. Yeah, totally. Right oh, before really television sort of took over, and now we're in TV world. Yeah, it, you know what's so interesting about that? We had done um, an interview with Jeffrey Riddick mm -hmm. and one of the things that he mentioned, and he, he created the final destination. And one of the things wow. he mentioned is that it used to be like 10 houses, I mean, a hundred houses in Hollywood you could go to, mm -hmm. to where you could make your movie and it dwindled down to like seven. <laughs> so they're also, and it was because of the market change, because of streaming, because of, the stock market that crashed in 20 in 2008 yeah. and he was just saying that like those mid-level films are just kind of like non-existent because there's just not as many people that you can go to in Hollywood as you were able to do before did did you guys find that um there are less and less people that you can go to to do those mid-level films I mean I, I live that every day you know what I mean it's like you, just because you've done a movie in the past, for some reason, magically doesn't mean that you know what you're doing the next time. Mm. Like a, maybe that's just me being a little, you know, bitter or whatever. But I've heard from a lot of people like, the same thing, though. A lot of directors have wow. told me the same feeling of that. It's it's much easier to make your first film than your second. Mm -hmm. it's so yeah, it's so true. Um, but you know, just staying on that grind, never giving up. But it's also you want to work with the people, like I said in that quote. It's like you want to work with the people that you want to work with. You know, it's not your first rodeo. You're not coming into this movie, you know, learning experience. You're coming in with experience, so you don't want to make any mistakes. So sometimes I'll hold on to a project that just ain't right. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, we've made a movie. What? Like let's let's just concentrate on making ones that mean something. Yeah. Uh, right. You know that means I think a lot more. Maybe that's just me getting a little bit older, but. Um, but it just, it's true, you know, like you feel so like anxious, like I got to do something, got to do something. And then you realize like three years can go by, nobody really cares. You can come back anytime. You know what I mean? Right. You love it. It's, it's not like people are like, well, he hasn't done a film in three years. He's gone. He's at it. Resurgences, you know. Just like anything else, you're just surrounding yourself with experts of their field who are better than you at whatever they do and just mm -hmm. saying, okay, you, you do it. Yeah, exactly. But I don't I, have we had it. that going on. We had tons of different actors in your film. Uh, in Hell's Gate, I mean, how many principal actors were there? There must have been at least twenty. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that. Yeah, Cloud, uh, Jenna Dewan, Glenn Morshower, Kevin Alejandro. Yeah, Henry Thomas. Henry I know Kevin. Thomas. I know Kevin Alejandro. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. 
Awesome. <laughs> She's a line producer, um, you guys. So just so you know what you're talking about, she completely <laughs> understands. <laughs> nice. But uh, you know, also like, so for our for our listeners out there, because we like to give them little nuggets that'll yeah. help them. So when you were creating your first film, and I know you said you had like some sort of proof of concept, were there some resources or some things that you use that help you kind of, you know, create it and, and start? Absolutely. Um, what well, I, I, first of all, I wrote to what I had accessibility at, you know, it's like I couldn't write a movie set in New York when I'm in the countryside in Texas, that doesn't make any sense. So, you know, you're, you have to write what's conducive to you, the resources that you have uh, for our first uh, initial short to get this off the ground. I knew it was going to cost some money to garner the attention that I needed to. Our costumes needed to look a certain way. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, at that time when you want it so bad, you're, you're, Burbage just kind of comes to you with the passion. And I think people recognize passion and sometimes doors open up for you. I'm not going to say that you can't do it without money. You got to have it. Unfortunately for me, right. you know, I did like a friends and family raise. I think we raised about 10 to $20,000 for the short, but I needed that because we had to have horses, we'd have costumes, you know, guns, squibs and stuff like that. We needed to showcase what we could do with a little amount of money. Cause I knew that even when we got the budget for legend of hell's gate, we're still going to be, you know, holding sets up with rubber bands and paper clips. And I want to. <laughs> um, so it was a great boot camp to go into the feature. And I don't think a lot's really changed for anything else I'm doing. I'm, I shot a sizzle reel for a Christmas movie uh, on some sound stages that we tested out. And like, it looked like we had a bunch of money, but we didn't. But we just kind of mm -hmm. made it feel like that. But it's, again, surrounding the people that are going to come on board of that train to be down for the cause too. You know, it's not like, well, this was great, but we had to pay this one guy 10 G's and we shot it for 2000. Mm -hmm. No, it was always a family affair with that one with hell's gate. I mean, everybody knew it was just, it was, if you were going to get involved, you had to really enjoy what you were doing. Right. And, and just know that, you know, we might be out in the middle. We might be sleeping in a tent tomorrow. It wasn't that. <laughs> we were we looking to find some people like Lou who loved it. You know? Yeah. All going to all the different locations we were at, though, in all these different towns. You know, we were somewhere else every day. We were like a traveling circus. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Lou, uh, you did you've done like some things where you've kind of created your own uh, opportunities with personal velocity. You mm -hmm. guys did really well in the festival. Yeah. Uh, on the festival route, route with Sundance. Is there any advice that you can give maybe, you know, actors or filmmakers out there who are trying to do something similar, maybe go to the festivals or even those who are also seeking representation? Because mm -hmm. that was one of the things that happened, um, you know, after you, after you uh, were at Sundance. Yeah, I mean, that is, those are the hardest two questions I think <laughs> well, I think they might be the hardest two questions possible for this industry because everybody wants to know that that answer and and I I'm I'm constantly getting people from you know Instagram or whatever it is asking me those exact same questions you know how how does it work to get from here to here and the truth is you have to be creative you have to just create some other way in that nobody ever thought of because if you don't have a really famous last name or a really lot of money and just be able to audition with your life, you know what I mean? And not have to worry about, you know, putting food on the table or something, then fine, it's easy. Like you can just keep going, but otherwise you have to figure it out. And that's what I've had to do my whole life is just sort of figure this thing out. If I'm going to keep doing this, I have to get more jobs. And mm -hmm. I started with, like you said, great representation. That was luck. 
it was pure luck. I came from mm. doing Broadway and I already had a, a manager at that time. And so like, as I got started to get into film and TV acting and or independent film, uh, I needed to get new people sort of that were involved more with films and, and independent films. And uh, I got luck happened, you know, um, personal velocity came out of nowhere. It was, it was a nothing tiny little film that we made up in the cat skills took two years to come out. So I didn't even, I didn't do anything in those two years. I didn't get any jobs. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of high school. It's like 16, I'm 17 years old or something like that. I'm just about to finish. It comes out at Sundance, which I didn't even know what Sundance was at the time. <laughs> and, uh, and then it won the grand jury prize at Sundance for the year. We're like, we don't know what that means. All of a sudden I had people call in the house saying, okay, can we do an interview with you? They did some interviews mm. in magazines. And at the time that was a normal thing to do. So I was in a couple magazines, like the interview magazine. And somebody in Los Angeles saw it and said, I want to represent that guy. Called my house and was just like, hey, I'm, I'm Billy. How you doing? I'm from UTA. I want to represent you. I was like, this guy's a scam artist. I pretty much told him to like screw off. I was like, no, man, I, I don't believe you. Um, but but in the eventually I did figure it out once he started sending me scripts in the mail. One of the scripts was Thumbsucker. So that was the next mm -hmm. like jump into all of a sudden now I'm doing films where uh, where I have these huge names in there. And it was just a it was for me, it was complete luck. The harder part of my career has been after independent films sort of changed how to keep going because now I was a nobody in a huge pond um, of trying to figure out, you know, like I still had all the stuff I had done. Sure. But I didn't do anything on TV in the last, you know, ever in that time because TV wasn't what it was now, what it is now, you know, like after Sopranos and HBO and all these things have made TV incredible. Now it's like watching films, but they're long form. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I just, I had to jump into a whole new realm. And then again, it took years. It, it really was just years of auditioning, um, thankfully mm -hmm. having good reps. But yeah, to answer your question, I have no idea how to get good reps. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I have no idea. Um, I had people behind really? me who really did believe in me. And that was, that was the big thing. So sorry about the long story, but no, was great. I have no idea how to do it because, uh, because I couldn't even do it right now. Like if I had a kid and they wanted to be an actor, I wouldn't know what to tell them. Because <laughs> social media is everything now. Yeah. And I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know anything. I'm like such a weird, like old <laughs> millennial. I'm one of the old ones that doesn't know how to use a computer or anything. It's, it's silly. Uh, but, but that's how a lot of people get noticed now. And even films are being made just because you are a social media star mm -hmm. and you have greenlit a film with your, you know, uh, your amount of people you can bring to the theater, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's totally changed. It's changing every day. Absolutely. Yeah. Netflix does that a lot. They greenlight a lot of like social media and, people. Mm -hmm. Influencers. Yeah. They have, um, what is it? He's all that that's coming out. I don't know if you, I'm a nineties kid. So, you know, she's oh, all yeah. that was my thing. I was really yeah. So, so like, yeah, you know. yes, Lou. <laughs> Lou, why are you my favorite person in the whole world? Like, I, like, what is going on here? I'm, I'm pretty fun. I'm pretty fun. Yeah. You, no, you are. Um, you are so hilarious, um, gentlemen. I know that we're approaching the end of our of our show, um, but. 
one of the things that I did want to ask you both is, you know, it seems like you just always had the tenacity and the motivation to persevere. None of this seems like it was easy at all. How do you both stay motivated? I don't know. Right. Uh, you know, I have a tremendous amount of uh, friends, uh, the great, great friends yeah. that you don't realize. I've been on L.A. for over a decade. So have friends that you can say you were doing stuff with for a decade long. That becomes your family. Mm -hmm. uh, no doubt. And I think we've just gotten so we've been through so much together over mm -hmm. so many years. But I would say just building on time. And hopefully you find uh, the coolest people you can early on so you can really share experiences. Mm -hmm. with and if it wasn't for my L.A. friends and family, I don't think I would uh, have the passion for this. Because as Lou can tell you, one minute, man, you're up and you are killing the game. You got four movies and going on at the same time. And then the next time it's like nobody gives a shit about you. Pardon my mm -hmm. friend. It's like, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, you're thinking like, well, maybe this is the end of the road. And then boom, something will happen. And you're like, no, I do love this again. Woo! <laughs> and, then and then it's right back down to like Christmas. And you're like, so you're, you know, your family's like, so I haven't seen you on doing anything for a yeah, while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been a tough year. And it's just, it's a roller coaster. It is. Yeah. There's no other job that I've found so far. Yappy. Yappy Wiley, come on. <laughs> Sorry, it's the dog. Uh, no, there's really no other job I've ever found that uh, I can have this much freedom. I mean, it's a ridiculous job. Like, if I could possibly do this with my life, I'm just going to keep trying to do it. So that's that's what I've been up to, seriously. It is about the people you surround yourself with. It is about doing your friends' movies. Um, when it, If a friend has an idea and they've got the motivation to really find the money and get it going, I'm going to be in that film. I don't care if I know what it's about or what it, if I like the idea or anything. I'm just going to be in it because it's support for them. And so if we can all kind of support each other in that way, we can make whatever films we want. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you with the finding your basically finding your tribe. Your tribe. Yeah. We're best friends. Yeah. We're best friends, artists, multi-hyphenate creatives as well. And that's that was the reason why we started this podcast was to help um, entertainment professionals. We've literally been best friends for over a decade. Yeah. So everything that you're talking about is like our truth, our religion. <laughs> so Tanner, is Lou your bestie? You know, of course he is. Uh, and it's funny. And, and I will say one thing uh, that uh, was kind of lovely about doing this picture early on is Lou's so dedicated to his craft. And obviously this was my first time as a feature film director when I, when I did this. So, you know, for him to come out like a week early, uh, also being in the movie, we got to, to sit and like do rehearsal for our, cause we had the most lines with each other yeah. me up to get to do that homework where I had a chance to be able to feel like I was directing because I'd already done the work as an actor with rehearsal with Lou and that shit don't just, ha they don't happen anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're meeting this person for the first time and you're, they're supposed to be your best friend of 10 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you have to just build that in your head. You have to come with that homework because nowadays with budgets and everything else, there's not that much. You don't budget. get any rehearsals. No yeah. rehearsals. No. no. actors or, or people one that thing. really love what they do, like Lou, you want to you wanna work with them forever. You know? Thanks, Tanner. <laughs> I, uh, it is the one thing I always asked for, though, from the beginning was, can we just, I, I want to come out as early as possible and let's let's work on this thing together and have fun with it and actually get to know each other, not just pretend on film that we know each other. Because it just, 
I think people know. I think yeah. that even subconsciously they can tell that you that, that that you're sincere and that you know these people and that you're having a, a really good time. Yeah. Um, I think they can see it in your eyes and they can see it in your acting and, and it makes the movie better to have that energy. So we just, we, we always tried to create that. We did it with Hell's Gate for sure. I mean, we had a good time. It was fun. Yeah, it was like fun. But yeah. we hope you enjoyed the movie. What'd you say? Oh, I said we hope you guys enjoyed the movie. Oh, I yeah. loved it, yeah. <laughs> And, and also the the fact that he's coming out with Tanner is uh, putting more of the scenes back in uh, that were cut out from the original. So that, I think that's part of the reason we're talking right now. Yeah. So, so obviously, you know, that to have it released on uh, streaming is a huge deal for us and, and, and a great trip down memory lane. But also what's exciting, um, speaking of Mammoth Film Festival, I think uh, in 2022, we're going to have a... Uh, 10-year anniversary kind of director's cut. I'm going Zack Snyder on this thing. I was going to say that. I was like, are you going to do a Snyder cut? Yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, where we were, we kind of got lost in the mix with Lionsgate and everything else and the digital world at the time. Like, it's great to have the movie out there, but there's so much more of this story that actually didn't even make that cut due to time. It was for DVD and different times. Now I think audience are way more into seeing long format uh, mm -hmm. stories being told. So uh, I'm not sure if we're going to break this up in like, you know, little 20 part sections, but there's literally like 36, seven minutes edited that, that's never before been seen. Mm. So for it to come out with a 10 year director's cut, uh, man, I'm like, I'm like stoked again, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Bearing, uh, what were those time capsules you bury like in grade school? Yeah. <laughs> we have a time capsule that we're about to uncover. So um, I'm pretty excited for that. I love it. I yeah, love it. no, that's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, so whenever you guys do that, let us know. We'll definitely yeah. well, you guys we're besties now. I'll be back. Yeah, Tanner, you're gonna have me come into your your film festival. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna come up there. Probably the mammoth. <laughs> it's not the morning. Oh yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for talking to us uh, today. Thank you for coming on the show. This has literally been a pleasure. I feel like we just need to go have like a beer after this. <laughs> yeah, film. Thank you guys. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a wonderful really nice day, to meet guys. You. Thank you so much. Thank All you right. guys. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.